0: let me just share with you a few things quickly um we've been talking about this present darkness and this is the third message in uh, this series i didn't intend for it to be a series Um, i'm so overly optimistic i think i can preach the whole bible in, in one setting here we're talking about the present darkness that is we have entered a time that's called the evil day paul tells us that there's a day coming uh perilous times harsh times difficult times it, it is almost unthinkable for me. I, I I was born after the Second World War. I was born uh, two years after it was over. And I've never seen such cruelty and devastation. We had a horrible time in Rwanda a few years ago. It wasn't on the TV. And we knew that over 800,000 people were murdered, not just killed, murdered. And uh, now we're seeing... A, a brutal dictator who, want, who lies, you know, like it's, it's something normal. And, uh, and then we have people even in our nation who are supporting that. So we need to pray. And we don't need to take sides in the political arguments and foolishness. Uh, I, I, it has been reported that I, I, I preach about politics. I don't preach politics. I preach kingdom, and I warn us to stop going to the right or to the left because the, the wall, if it leans to the right, you know, it's not like that old song we were singing. You know, but if it leans to the right, it needs to be torn down. If it leans to the left, it needs to be torn down. And, and because it must be plumb. And we are the, the plumb people. That, it, that is straight up and down. That's what God has us here for. You know, if we're not doing our job, who's going to do it? Nobody else can, because no other group in the world has the Spirit of God. So as believers, it doesn't matter if you have an opinion, because many people have opinions that are not evidenced by fact. Amen. They're just, uh, you remember the old days when uh, news people would go up to somebody and say, what is your opinion about such and such? I said, well, I don't know about that, but I, this is what I think. And I just think, oh, how ridiculous. So we're living in that day, and we are to be spiritual warriors, spiritual warriors. And so I want to read something from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 6. And if you don't mind, I will will come back with this from time to time. And if you do mind, I will come back to this from time to time. All right? So uh, because I truly love you uh, and um, I stay up at night. Um, Don't feel sorry for me, by the way. Uh, I'm up at night, sometimes 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, praying. And I'm praying for you. And I want you to be fine. I, I want those weapons, that, uh, the enemy's weapons to come against you. I want them to break. Uh, I want them to miss their mark. Uh, I, I don't want you damaged by him. Amen. And uh, I want to say also that uh, I, I w- I've said recently that if a soldier gets wounded, doesn't make he or she a bad soldier. And so many of us will be wounded, we will have wounds, but it doesn't make you a bad soldier. If my buddy in the foxhole with me gets shot, he's shot. It's my job to, to protect him and, and, and con- continue to battle the enemy. And so we're going to do that. And that's what spiritual warfare is about. It's not this hokey stuff that, that I've heard for, for decades. It's not that. And so we, you and I need to know what God says, and then we will repeat what God says. We will not repeat somebody's opinion or what we heard on the news. You know, amen. And so Paul tells us how to comport ourselves, how to conduct ourselves. Since we are God's appointed vessels, as I said to you uh, on the last message, that when Goliath shouted at Israel, taunting them, and send me a man to come and fight with me, what does God do? God sent a boy. And so God's children are are those that are supposed to take this battle. And we're going to do battle and we're going to be, we we will be powerful in the battle. And when Jesus comes, what Jesus will do, he will consummate it. You know, that is bring it all to an end. He'll put an end to all of that. And so this is what we're looking at. Now, how, how should you comport yourself? Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, he says, I, Paul, myself, entreat you. So he is calling you near to invoke something. And he says, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Paul conducted himself in meekness and in gentleness. And if you and I are not conducting ourselves in meekness and in gentleness, we're not really doing spiritual warfare because we're leaving a door wide open for the enemy to attack us. If you're not Meek, and I'm not talking about being meek at the church. I'm saying being meek everywhere you go, at your house. Uh, I remember a lady named Mother Williams said, "She said if if you can live for Christ in your home, you can live for Christ anywhere." That's powerful. and That's true. So if you're not living for Christ at your at the house, you're not living for Christ in public, and you're not. And here you're just kind of decoration. <laughs> so he says. Uh, I, ent- I entreat you. He is gently uh, calling them, or invoking them, or beseeching them, and uh, desiring that they would do something. He's very gentle. He says the, the, with the meekness and gentleness of Christ, and he says something that the Holy Spirit allowed him to say: "I, who am humble." Um, uh, when face to face with you, I'm very humble. So the, the apostle said he he was actually living a life in humiliation, the one who is of low degree, one who is not arrogant or puffed up. And a lot of times, we as Christians, we don't like those kinds of leaders. We just don't like. We want leaders who are like Hollywood types or CEOs of business, and and they have that swagger and arrogance almost. We we really like them. You say, well, I don't. Well, you're an exception. You know? so, so that's wh- what we want to do. Paul was very humble among them and, and meek and gentle. And don't look at that as a deficiency. Uh, that's an, an amazing asset when you're doing spiritual warfare. Because if you do spiritual warfare in an arrogance, you are a real target. It's like saying to the enemy, you can't hurt me! You know? Bow. Oh, ooh. And so... Uh, You want want to walk in humility and gentleness, and you want to be, like, suitable. Yeah, and and Paul goes on to say, after he does that, he says, I beg you. Now, can you imagine? A a brother said to me a number of years ago, he said, I need to tell you something. I said, okay, brother, what is that? He said, you need to stop begging people. (laughs) He wasn't talking about for money. He was saying, imploring them. To be what God has called him to do. And, and he, he was really giving me a tough time on that. He didn't mean to hurt me. He wasn't trying to damage me. He just had a different view of it. Amen. You know, why are you employed? Just tell those people to do. No, that's secular. That's worldly. Amen. No, no. Jesus is the most humble person in the universe. I mean, when you are God and you decide, I want to save my creation from themselves, from Satan from old Lucifer, and I want to save them from eternal damnation. And you say, I will become a man. Wow. That's big. That's such humility, you can't, you can't fathom it. You can't grasp it. You can't even imagine it. And so he wants us to be the same way. And he's, that is not the end of his Christ's humiliation. He's, he's the most humble person in the universe. I told you a number of years ago, I said to God, God, how will I know Jesus when I get to heaven? How will I know? I pray like that. I talk like that. And he said he will be the most humble person there. There, He will be obviously the Lamb of God. Wow! So in order to be very effective, you have to be humble. You have to be meek. Uh, You must be gentle and especially gentle with God's people. When, When Pastor Charles in his day... When, uh, before he went to b- home to be with the Lord, uh, you know, he, he and I would talk from time to time about various things, and, and uh, he, it, we would sort of talk about it, talking about a situation. And there was a t- situation that we felt like needed some real tough talk. And uh, we were talking big And in the office. I told you the story before, I love the story. We were talking really big, and he said, You know, we talk big, but we're not going to do anything. <laughs> Because when you get before the person, the love of God exudes from you. And this is is what the devil doesn't understand. He understands like nature nature like his, but he doesn't grasp the, the, the Nazarene, that nature of Christ. And when you do that, that's when you're winning. When Jesus was hung on the cross, nailed to the cross, it looked like apparent defeat, but he was winning. And when you comport yourself like Jesus, you are winning. It doesn't matter what it looks like to the naked eye. And so he says here, I beg you of you, that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against, against some who suspect us as walking according to the flesh. So what Paul is saying is we are antithetical to the flesh. The flesh is on one side. We're the polar opposite to the flesh. Are you conducting yourself as we deal with all of the craziness in the world? Are you conducting yourself in, an, in a way that is the polar opposite to the, the bad stuff that you see? If you're not, you're being ineffective. And it could very well mean that you have been taken captive by the enemy. And no, no, we're not going to blame you. Well, why were you taken captive? No, we're not going to do that. But we're going to send some rescuing prayers for you and come ourselves. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, because some people, uh, he said... Um, Um, some people suspected them of walking according to the flesh. And if Paul did anything, he did not walk according to the flesh. And When you and I walk according to the flesh, again I say, you become a target of the enemy. And we don't want anybody to be a target of the enemy. He is attacking a sense in a way that I have not seen in my walk with Jesus. I, I trust that means something to each of you. I have not seen it like this. And, and so we have prayer requests here, and we'll pray for those in just a moment. Um, but I just want you to guard your hearts. Paul used the word that means uh, to beg, as a Greek word. Uh, he says, he uses this word, uh, and this is the same man who said, basically, I beg you, I implore you. I I humbly ask you. He he could have commanded the church, but he didn't do that. He had authority from God to be the boss man that that you have in the secular, but he didn't take that. He had authority, but he didn't take that. So I want you to to really uh, govern yourself like this. This is what Paul says. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance As you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So he was the pattern. He was a pattern of lowly, of walking lowly. Now, I'm going to end with these next few verses, and I won't elaborate much on them. For though we walk in the flesh, though we walk in a human body, we are not waging war according to the flesh. We're not waging war according to human standards, the way that the world does. Now, we are removing worldliness from the church by exposing it, by addressing it, not by saying words that are really palatable to you. You can just easily chew them and swallow them. No. If a message comes and it does not provoke you to godliness, if it doesn't make you a little uncomfortable, I dare say that's a message preached, not from God. This is what we we need. And the church must be purified. Many in the church uh, wants, uh, uh, want the world to be purified. They want our institutions to be beautiful and wonderful when we ourselves have not yielded to it. There's much I can say, but let me move on. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For... The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. This is the ESV. Oh, thank you. You got the ESV. Thank you. They are not of the flesh. Our weapons are not of the flesh. Your weapons are not like your worldly neighbors. Your weapons are not like the, the news media. Your weapons are not like those in high political office. Your weapons are not like that. And if you continue that, then something will happen to get your attention. Or it may be prove that you were just a church gore and not a real Christ follower. So the weapons of our warfare are not f- of the flesh that are carnal, but have divine power. That, that is, uh, this power is capable of changing things. It, it is power that, that overwhelms everything that is natural. And you have the ability now to combat evil forces, spiritual beings, you beat them. You beat them back. Now, now I know I'm, I'm looking at, at brothers and sisters, and I don't know how you're feeling right now, but that is so huge. That is so huge that I can beat beings that are much, much greater in power than, than I am, but because Jesus has given me these spiritual weapons, I can now defeat them by the word of God, by the blood of his, of his sacrifice, I can defeat them. So why do we want carnal weapons? And then he says, uh, they have divine power to destroy strongholds, not just in the earth realm, but in the heavenlies. Because the heavenly realm, uh, that is where those even evil forces are, they're the ones who are causing the havoc on the earth. He says, you don't have to go and deal with that earth person. You can deal with, with their boss and dislodge him. This is where we must be today if we're going to do the work of the kingdom. We must do it if we're going to do the work of the kingdom. Now, also, I I want to reiterate, I'm I'm, I'm way over, but I want to reiterate that you and I must also know our measure of rule. We must know what God has put into our hands. Don't try to go beyond what you are able, don't go beyond your calling. You know, uh, you know, just relax it. I told you my story when I was in my mid-30s. I, I told the Lord one day. It was in a place called Freer, Texas. And um, I was uh, drilling oil and gas wells, actually gas wells up there. And I said to the Lord, I, I don't think you want me. You know, because I saw a lot of young people in their 20s. Just I thought they were doing great things for God. And and he told me, he corrected me, and he said, He didn't, he didn't like baby me. He talked pretty strongly with me, but it wasn't mean. He said, "Uh, I've called you, but I've not sent you. Others that you're seeing, I've called, many of them I've called. And uh, he said, I didn't send them, they went. And so it, it changed my attitude. So sometimes when God has you in the holding pattern, it's not just because you don't know how to land. When God has you in the holding pattern, it's for a purpose. And, and if the Lord had sent me in those days, there would be no Corpus Christi Christian fellowship because I wasn't ready. Oh, I was, I was pretty good in certain areas, but I wasn't ready. And so always stay in your measure. Th- that's good. You know, if you're a right-handed batter, just bat right hand. Don't get up there and say, well, I'm going to go lefty this time <laughs> and strike out. So you have, you have power to destroy strongholds, to destroy. And he said, Paul says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion, opinion, not truth, not fact, but we destroy these opinions. They're endless against the knowledge of God, There are a lot of opinions about God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ and being ready to punish every disobedience. When your obedience is complete. We'll be ready to punish all obe- uh, disobedience. But only when your obedience is complete. Because if your obedience is complete, then God judges you with a sinner. But God says, no, when we deal with this disobedience, you know, we can deal with it when you are, co- when you are completely obedient. And, and that makes us powerful as spiritual warriors. I would like to tell you more, but we need to pray.